All right, Alexander, let's talk about what is developing in Syria, according to an article that you sent me from Zero Hedge via The Cradle. Zero Hedge is republishing an article from The Cradle. It says, U.S.-backed Kurdish delegation meets with Assad government in Damascus. Are the Kurds understanding that the best uh, outcome for them as uh, Syria reaches some sort of conclusion is to re-engage with Assad? What is going on well, here? One would like to think so. I mean, we've been very... Well, there have been previous periods when it looked as if the Kurds, under Turkish pressure, were going to try and come to some kind of deal with Assad. I can remember a couple of years ago, about two years ago, there was a Turkish advance into a region of Syria called Afrin. Afrin was a largely Kurdish area, and uh, the Kurds there were expecting the Americans to come to their rescue, and of course they didn't. And the Russians were telling the Kurds in Afrin, for heaven's sake, talk to Damascus. And the Kurdish leadership didn't. And the result was that they were overrun by the Turkish forces and the um, fighters, the Islamic fighters who were supporting the Turkish forces in Afrin. And it was a disaster for the Kurds, but they still stuck with this relationship with the US. I, I'm starting to think that the Kurds are beginning to see the writing on the wall. Um, Erdogan has just had another phone call with Putin. He had it about three days ago. He's talking increasingly now about this meeting with Assad. It looks as if there will be a meeting in, with Assad within the next few weeks. It looks like the Turks and the Syrians are close getting very close now to a full rapprochement. If the Kurds don't join in, to some extent at least, they risk being left out, in which case the Syrians and the Turks will gang up against them. And some Kurdish leaders are starting to understand that the only way out now is not to waste time hoping that the Americans will save them, because the Americans are, the US is losing, is running out of options. The only way, the only guaranteed way out is to come to some kind of deal with Damascus and end, in effect, the Syrian conflict once and for all. What, what is Turkey going to say about this? I th if Turkey wants a rapprochement with, with Assad, but the Kurds may be now seeking a rapprochement with Assad as well, how does Turkey maneuver? It, de it depends very much on the terms of the deal done between the Syrians and the Kurds. If the Kurds are allowed more autonomy than the Turks are happy with, then the Turks might not be pleased. But I'm going to make a guess given how weak the Kurdish position is becoming, I think the Syrians will, and given the long-standing position of the Syrians, that they want to preserve a unitary Syrian state. I think from a Turkish point of view, if a uni unitary Syrian state is re-established with control of its borders and with the Kurdish areas under Damascus's control, the Turks will accept it.
Wasn't that how it was before the conflict? It's exactly how it was before the conflict. We've gone through 12 years of terrible war, and we've ended up exactly where we were at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, so how does the U.S. Uh, look at this? They're not happy, but the fact is there's very little realistically that they can do. They can try and, you know, pull whatever levers they have with the Kurds to try to stop this rapprochement uh, between the Kurds and Damascus uh, taking shape, or perhaps the United States might try some you know, more direct action in Syria, might try and start up some fighting somewhere. But I think the major priority now on the part of the US is not, is not going to be there. It's going to be to try to get something to happen in Turkey itself. There's elections in Turkey coming, important elections in May. And that's where the focus of the Americans is going to be. They're going to try to have Erdogan lose those elections. They're going to try to facilitate protests in Turkey once those elections are over and Erdogan has won. They'll say that Erdogan cheated to win the elections. They'll try and get people to come out on the streets. They will try all the usual bag of tricks that we've seen in so many places. And who knows? You know, it might be a close run thing. I still think Erdogan will come through. But, you know, I can't pretend it's it's certain. Didn't we say on uh, on our last episode of the last two episodes we did on Syria that the best option for the Kurds is a rapprochement with Assad or the yes. only realistic option for the Kurds was yes. a rapprochement with Assad? Yes. Uh, and we said this. We said this and we yeah. said this before. And, you know, something we we said this many years ago. And if they'd done that some years ago, they would have cut a better deal with Damascus than the one they're going to cut now, because they might have had an autonomous area within Syria once, once upon a time. Now, as I said, the best that they can hope for, or so it seems to me, is a centralized unitary Syrian state, which accepts some degree of cultural autonomy for the Kurds. But as I said, essentially, in all, in all reality, it'll be just where they were back in 2011, when it all began. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what they had before yes. this, uh, this regime yes. change operation yes. uh, started. And, and I don't think it's a, it's a secret, or I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Assad government was always very, um, very open to, to different uh, yes. ethnic groups. Yes. I mean, it, it, the Assad government was not, uh, would never, was not clamping down on different yeah different ethnic groups within Syria, whether Kurds or, or Christians or, or any ethnic groups. I, I mean, this is, we've just gone full circle now. All, yes. of, all, all of, they've done all of these things over the last yes. 10, 12 years to just get to where they were before the, the regime change happened. This is exactly correct. What the Syrian government always claimed was that Syria was a uh, nation made up of many communities, Alawites, Sunni Muslims, Shia Muslims, Armenians, Kurds, and others. But they all came together, Druze, but they all came together and constituted one Syrian nation. That's, that was the policy that the um, Assad government always 
had and followed. And it was one which, to be very clear, a most Syrians, I've always believed this, a critical mass of Syrians accepted and followed. What we've seen is an attempt to fragment Syria along various ethnic lines. And this was actively encouraged by the US, but it's failed because, as I said, the Syrian government says, look, rejoin the family, become once more part of Syria. You have your cultural rights respected. You be Kurds, but you be Kurds that are part of the Syrian nation. <laughs> and that's that's where we're going to. That's what they had before. That's what we'll have again. But it'll still be better than what would have happened if the Turks roll into Syria and try and impose their own views. So that that's that's exactly what the Syrians have always offered. The Syrian government has always offered what the Kurds who wanted their own autonomous area were resisting to some extent. But, you know, we're going to end up exactly where we were, where we started. Ten years, 12 years of terrible conflict and war. And as, I said, as you said correctly, we're ending up exactly where we were at the beginning. They, they talk about diversity and inclusivity and all of these things inside the country, but then they exploit the diversity in order to fragment and, and, uh, and destroy countries that they've targeted for, for regime change. And they've, they did it oh, in I Ukraine, mean, they, they, they did it in Syria. This, this is, well, they're talking about yeah, doing this it, is their model. Talking, Libya, this is their model. Well, they're talking about doing it in Russia now, decolonizing Russia. By the way, there's been yeah. a sen there's been yeah. a census. There's just been a census results being published in Russia, and they show that ethnic Russians make up eighty percent of the population of Russia. So, I mean, the whole narrative there makes almost no sense. But they're still talking about it. I mean, that's exactly what they do. I mean, that's exactly what they're about. And as you said, diversity within their own country, but whenever it's practiced anywhere else, it's colonialism. It's and ex exactly. It's it's and, and it's exploited. Yeah. It's exploited, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, okay, so just to finish things off with Turkey, I mean, they're, they're telegraphing what they're going to do to Turkey. I mean, there was an yes. Economist article which pretty much said that if Erdogan wins, it's a dictatorship and he has to be overthrown. The Bolton think tank NGO thing is, is openly saying that uh, if Erdogan wins, then Turkey should be kicked out of NATO. Uh, what's, what does Turkey need to need to be on the lookout for? I, I oh, mean, no, no, no. if Erdogan wins or if Erdogan loses, I mean, what yes. should they be? Uh, yes. What should they? Yes. Well, uh, as I said, I mean, you know, they know it's coming. That's my point. Uh, they know it's coming. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they absolutely know it's coming. And one very important clue is that um, Erdogan has timed the election in May so that it falls on the anniversary of a key election that happened in Turkey in 1950. The election in 1950, which was won by Adnan Menderes and his uh, party, which ended the long rule of you know the forces that had been um, supported by Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, the founder of the Turkish Republic. And, of course, Menderes stands in the same political tradition as Erdogan. Erdogan claims to be Menderes's 
air, political air. And the point about Mendelez is that he was overthrown in 1960 in a coup. And Erdogan is saying, don't let what happened to Mendelez happen again. You know, we're going to commemorate in this election Mendelez's great victory, but this time, and he, he, he's absolutely, he, he used that word he talked about, we're going to defeat the plans of the coup plotters, both the coup plotters that overthrew Mendelez back in 1960 and by implication their successors today. So he's talking openly about the fact that there's going to be an attempt to overthrow him. And he's signaling in the most public way to the Turkish people that he's not prepared to be pushed aside and that he expects to win and that he's going to use whatever tools there are. And he's got huge numbers of tools and he's got a lot of support in Turkey still. People should not underestimate this to pull through and to consolidate his position in Turkey. Now, I'm not going to predict, predict all the things he's going to do, but most of the media backs him. Television backs him. He's got a lot of support within the Turkish business community, particularly that part which is focused on exports. He's got the Turkish tourist industry on side, you know, the value of their tourist business with Russia. And of course, he's got a lot of support in the countryside amongst rural people. So I think in overall, he's going to pull through. But it's going to be a fight. And he knows it. And as I said, the fact that he's timed the elections to commemorate Menderes's victory in 1950. As I said, it's a signal to the Turkish people. This time, we mustn't allow what we vote for to be overturned in, a, in, a, in the kind of coup that took place in 1960, which many people in Turkey, by the way, that believe that 1960 coup was backed by the United States. Yeah, the, the neocons, I, I bet you they see Turkey as a, as a type of silver bullet. If they can destabilize Turkey in their, in their uh, minds, it probably solves a lot of different problems at yes. once it solves. It gets them back in the game in Syria. It's, it destabilizes uh, Russia. It solves some, uh, some issues with Ukraine. And, of course, it solves the whole Turkey-NATO Turkey NATO issue as well. I mean... They're good. They're going to go hard after, yeah. after Erdogan and after Turkey. They, they, I, I they, think they see it as as a problem that if they yeah if if they can cause trouble in Turkey and get what they want, in their in their view, they could probably they, they see it as something that solves a lot of different uh, problems for them. I absolutely agree with that. That's exactly what they think. Their problem is that on foreign policy, on these policies, Turkish Turkish public opinion overwhel overwhelmingly backs Erdogan. So this is the point. What Erdogan is doing it is he's framing it as, you know, you support me, policies I want in Syria with the Russians. Most Turkish opinion polls show very negative attitudes now in Turkey towards the US. There's been this awful incident in Stockholm uh, outside the Turkish embassy, which is, a, I mean, I don't really understand why that was done in the way that it was, because it seems to shoot Syria, uh, Sweden's, you know, NATO entry in the foot. But anyway, whatever. But all of those things, if Erdogan is able to 
frame it as it's me or the Americans. <laughs> Whatever feelings most Turks may have about the American, uh, at Erdogan, they would probably back him against the Americans at this time. So that's what he's doing. That's why he chose to hold the elections on this particular day. I would add this, given the strength of feeling in Turkey, any Turkish government that succeeded Erdogan and which tried to reverse these policies of rapprochement with Syria and good relations with Russia, I am sure would run into many problems. And no right, Turkish, we will no, there. and just to say quickly, no Turkish party are saying that they would reverse those policies. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin as well. And the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.